1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to the Lucha Central
0: Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was talking Mexico-based promotions and top independence, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay Speaker, and more. And of course, a shout out to our streaming partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how's it going?
2: Uh, It's going pretty good. How's it going for you, Miranda?
3: I am doing well. And, well, we can't do the show without the third member of this trio, and that's who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
2: That's who? Hey,
1: hey. Uh, so how, how we doing?
3: I think it's been established as good.
1: Yeah, it's good. Just yes. generally good. Okay. Yes.
3: I, right. I feel like that's the vibe that I'm getting. I
1: will, I will, good. I will bring myself up to good then.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you have to bring <laughs> yourself up to good, like, that was a pretty low bar. <laughs> I guess no pun intended or pun intended. I'm not quite sure I,
1: yet. Uh, uh, low bar was one of my, uh, de- early, early roller derby names actually. Ooh, so.
3: Okay. I see you. Okay. <laughs> I forget roller derby is like the funnest names.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they really do.
3: Very jealous. Very jealous. Well, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of this show, we got another jam packed week. Of Lucha Libre content to cover for you. Uh, Some really interesting conversations this week. I really feel like a lot of what we're going to be talking about is some news that has been floating around, specifically AEW and WWE. Uh, But we got some cards to go over, uh, both in the larger independents and smaller independents. And of course, kind of just run down uh, matches that you need to keep an eye out for this week. So I'm not going to keep you waiting much longer. We are going to start off with News of the Week with Brendan.
1: So, yeah, we've got we've got stuff to look forward to, uh, but I'm going to start off with some some other stuff here. So, Casandro was at a ribbon cutting ceremony for a, a photo exhibit in a, in a El Paso. So, like if you go to El Paso, Texas, you can go see Photos from all across Cassandro's career, which I think is a pretty amazing thing to have in Mexico, let alone in El Paso, Texas. So um good on good on on him for that. Just kind of excited. Uh it's kind of the first time for appearing in public for a while, so uh kinda good on that too, I I guess uh we didn't talk about it on the show but Cassandra was was kind of hurt for a while so definitely all around good news um speaking of but I'm um, moving on speaking of matches that uh or things to keep your eye on GC- GCW is once again announcing more luchadors there it's more of the same luchadors but they they're doing another card with it they're going to have Black Taurus and Bandito on on a card and you know uh the usual people are predicting that means Laredo Kid and a couple other luchadors are going to show up so you know maybe even Drago Kid again i hear i hear he got a good reception there last time uh there you go so GCW is is quickly turning into a go to lucha promotion Uh, and then, uh, I just want to give a shout out. I don't have results for it, which is why they're not an indie roundup, but up here in Seattle, Lucha Libre Volcanica is running every Saturday this month in July. Nobody got to me for results and I had to work. So hopefully I'll make it to the next show this weekend and, uh, we'll, uh, have some results for that. But Miranda What's going on? You had, uh, you have a couple things we want to talk about, but I believe you wanted to run down the card for PCW
3: yes PCW Ultra way out west is happening this Friday that is July 15th uh, and this card if you have not seen it yet you will want to because this is I mean stacked is something a term we use pretty pretty often uh, however if you're looking at this card through and through uh, it's looking to be really really good if you are a lucha libre fan uh there's uh, multiple matches on here that you'll want to keep an eye out for um but let me kind of go through uh some of the ones that uh in general uh that are you know sure to steal the show uh we have your ultra light champion jay vidal he's going to be defending his uh title against lucas riley with that, we have a number one contenders match for the light uh, weight or the ultra light championship. Danny Limelight's going to be taking on Lince Dorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am excited to see Lince out here on the West Coast again. This is Danny's territory, um, so he's feeling very comfortable coming in. But I mean, we've seen Lince all over the country, just in killer format now, um, and he's so. You know, uh, he's just so formidable in, in anybody that he faces. So, uh, I think it's gonna be a big, big challenge. But if anyone has kind of a home turf advantage, it is Danny Limelight. Uh, we're also gonna see Toa Leona face Killer Cross. Two big ass dudes going at it. Uh, Toa Leona, uh, we've seen more recently uh on uh dynamite on, on um aw television as part of the ring of honor brand um and killer cross i mean continuing to make his way uh through independent uh shows all over the u.s and kind of a more, more of a rare appearance here on the west coast um so i'm thoroughly excited for that we also so have
1: go ahead i'm gonna butt in for a second here i i would hope people would know C- killer cross as the uh and the NXT star, but you alluded to Toa Leona. Could you you remind us who he is, who he was appearing with on that ROH pay per view? Uh
3: I forget the name of his tag team partner.
1: He it's but he's uh, in the tag team, the, the the one the Tully Blanchard managed tag team? Yes. Yes, yeah.
3: yes.
0: Okay.
1: I just I wanted to make sure I, I was picturing the, tie, the right I I
3: forget the the name of the tag team and his uh, it, and his partner.
1: Yeah, it, it. but we can refer to them as Tully Blanchard Enterprises because that's how they've been billed on like, at least a couple of things. So.
2: Yes. And I forgot was they do it have. Was not Brian Cage? Was Brian Cage affiliated? With... Yeah, Brian Cage He's was also...
3: affiliated with him. Yeah. And then, um, but Total Leona is part of a actual tag team with an actual name. I just don't know yeah. what the
1: name of their tag team is. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. I just wanted to make sure we got the. Uh, the hospital the in our heads, right? Yes. Here, so. Yes. <laughs>
3: um, we also have the Gates Vance. of
2: Agony. And Gates their of Agony. On is his yeah. con. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's
3: the, what it is. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, Viva Van, the Ultra's, uh, women's champion was gonna be, is gonna be facing Rachel, uh, Rachel Ellering, um, with the title on the line. Uh, and then the big match, uh, for this show, the main event, uh, is going to be, uh, the PCW Ultra tag team titles are gonna be the line. War Beast is gonna be facing up against Papo Esco and Slice Boogie, also known as Gorilla, uh, the team of Gorilla. So uh, that is has been uh, as especially some big tension between Papoesco and uh, The Sheik uh, as of last show. Now both of them are bringing backup uh, and this one. And I, from what I understand, too, there has been a stipulation added that this is a all-violence-is-legal matchup as well.
1: I kind of assume that that's always true with Papo yes. well,
3: and Sheik though. She <laughs> yes. was the one who laid that uh, stipulation out. So Sheik uh, is not one ever to, not, not only turn away from a fight, but just leave a fight as is. He mm. will always raise the stakes.
1: I did forget all violence is legal. It's totally a war beast thing. Yes. Yeah. It awesome.
3: is very much a war beast. Uh... uh <laughs> Is stipulation. So, um, that is going to be something, something else. Like, I, again, just those match in, in it of itself. Again, if you are a Lucha Libre fan, uh, or just Lucha adjacent fan, uh, all of these competitors, you know, have that, you know, background tie into it. Um, so I think that's going to be, um, again, very, very interesting. Also, in general, we have Steve, uh, Madison versus Shane, um, Haste, I believe. Um, hast? No haste. Um, so, uh, it's still just great technical wrestling throughout the entire show. Um, so, uh, I am super, super excited as well as, uh, special guest appearances, uh, from Booker T and Savio Vega. So, uh, I believe that's going to be part of the meet and greet of... You're going
1: to be in the same room as Savio Vega?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now, you guys. Like, <laughs> my feel your deal, Savio Vega. I'm going to be yeah. in the same building. Um, you're going to so, pick
1: up that chair after all. Who knows? <laughs> you know,
3: I just, just there's, there's so much Puerto Rican pride happening on this card as well that I don't know what to do with myself. I may be hyped all night where people are going to be like, Miranda, calm down. You're embarrassing no. yourself, but uh, I do have my flag ready to go. I'm, pu- I'm packing it. I don't know if and when it will be needed, but it, I'm still bringing it. <laughs> It's still going to be uh, something I'm bringing. So, but in general, um, this PCW Ultra card way out west is something you don't want to miss. Tickets are still uh, available. Um, I believe that the online tickets uh, end tomorrow at noon. Um, so. Well, by the time you may hear this, it will probably be afterwards. Uh, but, uh, also tickets at the door. And you can also just go on PCW Ultra's uh, social media at PCW Ultra, uh, to see information about match card announcements, uh, talent announcements, merch, all of that. So, um, if you're not able to go to this show, make sure you stay tuned for future PCW Ultra events. Uh, they consistently have fantastic fantastic shows um always you know with a, a lucha libre presence uh last show you had sin bodi versus la park um as your main event uh ultras had a very long lit history too with luchadors um, oh yes so this is uh it's just the continuance of this uh and again like 80% of this card is puerto rican so shout <laughs> out to pcw ultra for for that shit because that's awesome
1: uh, and then one more time, uh, I know it's not as far out, we don't need to do the detailed preview, but uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution's got dates coming up.
3: Yes, Pro Wrestling Revolution um, has dates coming up. They actually recently just announced um, their King City show for Saturday, August 20th. Uh, that information is now posted on their website. Tickets are now available and match and talent announcements. Um, well, I know talent announcements have started. I know match announcements will be coming out soon. And then uh, they still have tickets available for their July 30th show in Santa Rosa. Uh, that's going to be happening in just a few weeks. Uh, tickets are also available for that. Uh, and again, a very stacked card for that show. That's including Dr. Wagner Jr., who's going to be facing uh, J.R. Kratos for the Pro Wrestling Revolution Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we also have uh, a... A tag match kind of a what they call a special attraction tag match with Papo Esco teaming up against or teaming up with Vinny Massaro versus Pagano and Bestia 666 uh, the Pro Wrestling Revolution Women's Championship will be on the line uh, with Lady Apache facing La Huera Loca Taya Valkyrie. Uh, and of course the United States debut of two Mass Republic talents, Ultimo Maldito versus the Archangel Divino, uh, and, uh, again, their debut, they are part of, uh, the launch of the, uh, Mass Republic talent agency where they are now representing luchadores, um and their, uh, you know, ability to come and wrestle, of course, in the United States, but also helping negotiate, um, you know, their ability to, to wrestle for, uh, promotions throughout the United States. And I'm sure, uh, in other parts of the world as well. So, um, pro wrestling revolution. Saturday, July thirtieth in Santa Rosa. Tickets are available. Um you can find them at lucha libre boletos.com. That is lucha libre boletos, b o l e t o s dot
1: com. Excellent. So uh I as I mentioned earlier, I didn't wasn't able to get Lucha Libre Volcanica. Uh There is, as always, a ton of IWRG I could have covered, but I couldn't find a card that I really wanted to cover, and we've got some good conversations uh, and for later in the show. So I'm going – we're going to uh once again ask for people to submit in- results for us because I really want to support your cards as well instead of just reading off the IWRG results every week. So – uh it, we're, we're not doing a lot with the Indie Roundup, but we're not giving up on it. So mm-hmm. this week, this week, we're not doing a lot. We'll give us your results. Let's do some more. Uh, I know Miranda's going to be bringing me results next week, but, yep. uh, everybody else, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, even if it's one lucha guy on, on a show in Alaska, I, I, will, <laughs> I still want to hear about it. Uh, so, so that was our, uh, this week in news and Indie Roundup, by uh, Miranda, take it away. Yeah.
3: Right now, you know what time it is. We're going to kick it to Denise Alcedo, who's bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by.
1: Granger for the ones who get it done. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com?
2: TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter
0: than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use
1: your head.
3: A big thank you to Denise Alceda, who brought us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. All right, we're getting into the meat of today's episode. We are going to be starting off with AAA, and we're going to be uh, talking a little bit and previewing a bit of the Verano de Escandalo card. Dusty, go ahead, take it away.
2: Yeah, well, pretty much the entire card was announced. It's going to be August 5th in Agua Caliente, Mexico. Uh, big show. Let's see. Sorry. My notes are slow to load here, but sorry. <laughs> here we go. First match that we want to talk about is the main event. Like Phoenix, Pentagon, and Taya are teaming up in kind of a mini Peros del Mall reunion. And they're going up against the very interesting team of Eel del Vikingo, Black Torus, and Chic Tormenta. People were kind of confused about Vikingo and Taurus teaming up, but I feel like maybe there's some bad blood there due to that Triple Mania Chapter 2 title unification match that Phoenix won. So it makes sense to me. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Vikingo and Taurus teaming up. In this Trio's match, we'll see hit- how. Go ahead.
1: Yes. It also adds that classic uh, WWE story. I know everybody else does it, but WWE's been abusing it in the last year. Uh, how will they get along? So yeah. you, you know, there's lots of
2: how can they coexist?
1: <laughs> right there it is. How can they coexist? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. it, it
2: oh. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going into the story with that, and. I think yeah. especially well, the the story with Phoenix and Penta and Taya kind of teaming up in that mini-Pero's reunion. Right. I think it'll be really interesting. This is – both teams, honestly, are going to draw – this match is going to draw the most international interest of any match at uh, Verano de Escandolo. I mean it's going to be mm-hmm. a big deal, but – the implications it provides in terms of attention may affect Triple Mania chapter three. Taya, you know, had promised a match to match the Thunder Rosa. She'd also promised a match to Lady Flammer. Um you know, a lot of interesting things could go on between now and Triple Mania just based on this match. Super exciting. We had seen it kind of alluded to before when Taya redebuted in AAA they gave us the feel that they might be pairing her with Pinta and Phoenix, but now we finally have confirmation. This is going to be an incredible match. I can't wait. Again, August the 5th is when this is airing. Next, <clears throat> excuse me. Next up on the card, we have the AAA World Trios Championship. The championship team is La Empresa, made up of Puma King, DMT Azul, friend of the show, Mr. Samadonis. They will be <laughs> facing Nueva Generacion Dinamita, Sanson, Quatrero and Forstero pretty cool match. They've only got two trios belts, but it's still the trios title. Very exciting match. Big names. That's going to, you know, maybe be a show stealer. Strong strong lineup. Next up uh, yeah. we, oh, we, so, we yeah. I
1: just I I we can't undersell this enough. Like this is uh, Quatrero for us, uh, the NGT. They are they are a through and through trio that has been inspired by previous generations of trios. They're, uh, I believe all three of them are second or third generation wrestlers from Uh, dynasties.
2: At least second generation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and then you have, uh, you have, uh, DMT, Azul, Puma King, and Samita who are the hottest thing in triple a right now. So like, you've got kind of, uh, legacy versus uh the, the new kids on there. There's some cool storytelling going on just in that alone.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I really think this is going to be, despite the talent in the main event, and that being a very exciting trios match, I feel like this is going to be the one that steals the show, and maybe the one that people aren't prepared for to steal the show, which is kind of nice. It, expectations yeah. aren't as high, and they get to... Well, kind of yeah. Benefit the, from that.
1: <laughs> the, uh, the main event has to hold on to get the, t- to, to be the, the match of the night. Whereas yeah. they, this one will have to raise the bar and everybody involved is quite capable of raising the bar. So
2: I, yeah. Yeah.
1: Could absolutely. easily, easily be the one.
2: And next up we have Brendan's least favorite team in a trios match. <laughs> Psycho Clown, Pagano, uh, Charlie Manson versus Psychosis, Cybernetico, and Abismo Negro Jr. I mean, it'll probably be a fun match. I think we'll see the cookie sheets come out. Oh, we absolutely will, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah just... I,
1: I like, uh, I like Pagano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it's fun to see
2: Charlie Manson back.
3: Yeah, I think that's always, uh, you know, kind of a, I don't know, he always feels like a cult classic
2: yeah. in a way.
3: Like, he's he's very someone that, you know, uh, now when people hear his name, they're like, oh, you know, like, they're, they're, there's a little sense of nostalgia and also like, oh, that's kind of random, but, you know, yeah. cool that he's also now in the mix, too, with kind of these, these more modern names.
2: Yeah, he's really kind of earned his legacy respect in a big way, which is fun for him. Then next up, we have very exciting match. AAA is calling it the four-way dream match. We have Laredo Kid versus Willie Mack versus Bandito versus Johnny Caballero, Johnny Hardy, whatever. Johnny Caballero for the night. Four-way dream match. I am super excited about this. Yes. We've seen Willie Mack, you know, in a lot of lucha style matches, but him being the sole big man with these three guys that are so capable. I can't wait to see the spots. Like you know, he's going to be, yeah, in so many big spots. I'm just really looking forward to this. It's
1: going to be fun. Like I now just, this yeah. has fun written all over this. Let's be fair here. Johnny Caballero is if he wasn't, if Willie Mac wasn't in this, he would be the big guy in this match. And yeah. Bandito is really That's strong true too.
3: Yes, like, no. Ba- Bandito <laughs> is is very strong. You know, I think that. They all bring something different to the table, you know. Yeah. Like Willie Mac, I guess, it, it, like you mentioned, is is more on the 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 biggest competitor in this match. But yeah, yeah I think you have Johnny with kind of, I mean, I, I think it, it's almost tied maybe between him and and Laredo Kid for the
1: fastest.
2: Yeah, um, yeah and which is crazy. Is so fluid. Well,
1: but yes, just exactly. to point out at the at Triple Mania when he was Johnny Johnny <laughs> I Hardy, I Johnny can't Hardy. even say it with the same <laughs> face when he's Johnny Hardy. Uh, when he was standing next to to Matt, he was huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. I mean, I've I've been in the room with him, but I never like got that this as much sense of presence as when he was wearing. That outlandish Hardy outfit. So, like, he is—I forget. People underestimate how big and strong he is, too. Yeah,
3: yeah. So this, this—I, I don't know. This, I mean, definitely a scene stealer match. This is where we're gonna get lots of, you know, those internet clips um, oh, yeah. that they're gonna be floating around. This, um, this match like just makes me smile when I, when I see oh, this. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of the big highlights of the night. It's, and, it's your
1: highlight reel match to so Miranda's point for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Then next up we have an a place an interesting a place hair versus hair between Lady Shawnee and Io Del Torantes. I mean,
3: this one, like, how did we get here? Cause I think that was how, what this, we were
1: like, this is a long story thing. Um, yes. I, I, so. Over lockdown in particular, Io del Taran- uh, Tarant, was, uh, was actually wrestling a bit, but he was wrestling against the women. And, uh, that was partly because they'd been, they'd been fed up with his heelish tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, um, it, yeah, we, I mean, I, I, f- it's, we're still a little distant from, from that to where we are now in time, but I feel like there, the, They've known that they were this is what's going to happen for a while, and to like Conan's point and um a bunch of uh, uh, like I think even vampiro mentioned it that a place does take forever, right they build up yeah. over years, so no, nah, I mean. We may not have seen a recent interaction between the two, but the 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 threat of it's always been that's in the That's Very, air. fair,
3: yeah. Especially <laughs> you know, being, you know, a, a Rudo ref.
1: Um yeah.
3: this it feels like it's more like his comeuppance. And yeah. I'm here for that.
1: <laughs> I I mean, I see very little way and I think I think that's what they want. I th that's very little way that Tarantes that comes out of this with his hair. I think he's yeah. gonna I I there's going to be a lot of shenanigans. A lot of wrestlers are going to get involved. Tarante senior is probably going to get involved, uh but uh, on the good guy side, because that's yeah. been a story that they've been doing for a while too, that he doesn't like the way his son is behaving, despite the fact that to this day, Hugo Savinovich will still scream that Tarante's is a criminal and a crook. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I think we should also see and patchy involved somehow. Mm. I
1: believe so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they I,
2: have been, I mean, Yep. Oh, for at least 10 years, they've mm-hmm. been enemies. You know, I mean, it's been a thing. And so I would like to see how that plays out into all of this, too. I think it makes for a a very interesting, very unusual yeah. match for a – especially for Verano de Escandolo. You know, you'd think yeah. the place this match would be on TripleMania. But I think that because it's on Verano de Escandolo, it gets a bigger highlight. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. be seen as a more memorable spot from the show. And it's going to be a big deal for Lady Shawnee if she, well, win or lose. Mm-hmm. Either way, it'll be huge.
3: I yeah. do want to ask, and and kind of both of your guys' uh, opinion and analysis, I know I think we, we still have to go through a match or two. But I, I know we've talked about it before, but just kind of, too, as a refresher for the listeners about – Where does Verano de Escandalo land in kind of the AAA uh, events layout, you know, uh, and kind of in particular, you know, possibly like the comparison to SummerSlam?
2: Yes, it's very comparable to SummerSlam in a way, but... Also, to Royal Rumble, despite not having the gimmick match of a Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble generally sets up your WrestleMania card. Verano de Escandalo usually sets up whatever isn't already set up for your TripleMania card. Mm, (laughs) But our TripleMania card was kind of planned in advance already, so this ended up being a much bigger show, much more interesting.
1: By virtue of of the three TripleManias, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, and, that's unusual this year too.
3: Yeah. Oh, but also I think the matches just like this where I think SummerSlam is known for having some more sports entertainment type of matches. Um mm-hmm. so you know or, yeah. or just like it is uh more similar within WrestleMania, where you'll have marquee matchups, but not necessarily in the same tone, like as a Royal Rumble or Survivor Series. Right? Like, yes. is much, it's more it's like much more like the fun, much more yeah. fun. Um, yeah. so I definitely think that Lady Shawnee versus E. Holden Terantes is very much in that you know alignment of you know marquee, but also you know a little ridiculous, but also you know um like still something that. Like you said, yeah. it's actually been rooted in story for for a long time. So to bring it to this level, like it may not necessarily be a triple mania type of match, but it seems perfectly fit for Verano de Scondolo.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a great match. It's, it, it, Like I say, it allows it to, to be highlighted in a way that it just couldn't be anywhere else. And so it it just fits perfectly for Verano de Scondolo this year.
1: It, uh, <laughs> it potentially has implications that will lead into Triple Mania anyway, because
2: yeah, absolutely. to your
1: point, Lady Shawnee win or lose gets a big shine on her. So what happens, say she, if she wins, is Tarante's going to be, uh, be turn turn technico and be good from now on, or is he going to be double down and be more wicked? And as that, like, as that builds into Triple Mania, more things will happen with it. So.
2: I hope to, on one side of it or the other. Old man in Mexico. <laughs> 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 that's saying something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, when you have that side of it, but then, then you have – the yeah, either way it could go if he goes Technico. That's huge. I mean that's a game changer in AAA. And mm-hmm. yeah, just so much that could happen very cool. We also have one last match on the show. The heel team of Jesse, Diva Savaje, and Dolce Canella are facing, obviously, the best trios team in AAA. Mr. Iguana, Aramis, and Nino Ambargesa with Microman at ringside. This is it. This is it. If there's a
3: Mount Rushmore of Lucha Libre in this moment, (laughs) it will be these four gentlemen.
1: Yeah, you've got the... I mean, it's it's... It's really weird to me that Aramis is kind of the odd man out.
3: Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the most straight luchador
2: on this. Is yeah, him. yeah he's is also- the only one that doesn't have kind of a double comedy. <laughs> yeah. And, and not to discount, because, I mean, like we've mentioned before, Mr. Guana, you know, I mean, he's. I believe a blue belt, and he, you know, I mean, he knows some crazy stuff, so he can go. We've seen him in CZW, crazy stuff. But he's a crazy guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's also fun. And and Microman, like, I can't wait to see how Microman gets involved. We've seen how Yeska gets involved in Mister Iguana's matches, but can you imagine Microman? Like, well, this it's, is so a you've dream got, come true.
1: You've got the 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 the. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, I can't even remember the terminology that they they use for these matches, but it's the the fantastic pairs, basically, uh where you've got Mr. uh you've got Microman and you've got Nino and Bergesa, So you know something weird is gonna happen with the two of them yeah. being on the same team.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a given. <laughs> a, an an exciting given, like it's something <laughs> I'm really looking forward to on the card. And, I mean, AAA has really knocked it out of the park this summer. They deserve a lot of credit, especially in the the term of, you know, like the way things kind of changed for them with Triple Mania 2 and Jeff Hardy in the main event and everything, the audible they had to call, everything that they've had going on this summer since the beginning of the first tra- chapter of Triple Mania has just been fantastic. They've had just a great run. Everything on paper looks good. In person, it's even better. Like if somebody told you John Morrison was going to replace Jeff Hardy in a tag match with Matt Hardy, you'd be like, I don't know. What? But when you saw it, it was so good. Like he it was, committed to it. It was tongue in cheek, but it was also serious. Like,
1: Yeah. I do, I, mean, I do, for the sake of, uh, of, of egalitarianism, do want to, to hype up the other side of the, the mat from the dream team a little bit here. Dolce Canella has been a consistent ladies competitor up in the north, which as we've talked about is the kind of king makers of the indie scene. Yeah. Uh, so like you, you will see some good stuff out of her. Jesse Ventura is a, up and coming Exotico, who's been doing a lot of work in IWRG. So, I mean, good on, on them for making it into, uh, into tr- a triple A match on a big, big card. And uh, same with Diva, so, so I, another big up and coming name that I've seen a, a coming, doing a lot of matches out of IWRG in particular. So like, you know, you've got, uh, You've got, you've got some good talent that's on that side. It's gonna be a good match. It's not just going to be Microman destroying everybody on the other team, but,
3: uh. I don't know about that. When I mean, you <laughs> Microman, I, I said not just. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> over like Rover.
2: Yeah, he cannot be denied. <laughs>
3: yes, he cannot be denied. Did you see him drink a beer with the Sandman in the ECW arena? <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's made it. Yeah.
3: He is a crossover a, superstar.
1: Yeah, I, a I, am not, I am not denying Microman's success or ability. He's I even just... got a
2: shirt now at Hot Topic.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh,
3: yep, we're going to talk about that. Uh, yep, uh-huh. yep, oh. yep,
2: yep, yep. Get to that later. We'll get to that
3: in a second, but yes. (laughs) Crossover mainstream superstar. Pound for pound. The best luchador in the entire
2: world.
1: Oh, wow. That's a bold, bold claim. Hey,
2: I believe it. I believe it. Yep. I've seen it. I've seen it.
3: Uh, (laughs) Like the Ark of the Covenant. Did your face melt?
2: Somewhere
1: blue blue demon is waiting with a hammer for Michael. (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah we verano de escondo (laughs) august the 5th it's gonna be a party
1: (laughs) is that is that gonna be on fight do we know i
2: believe it is yeah i believe it's a fight pay-per-view okay that science. is that is yeah. how
1: how we in the U S get to see it because it's still technically
2: <laughs> yeah they're still <laughs> technically under a lawsuit but they've so <laughs> effectively been like uh, what lawsuit yeah. The lawsuit just kind of went away
3: yeah <laughs> it's the avoidance of of life so far I mean fight hasn't asked any questions so yeah you know. Still, it still works, yes. Well, we're, of course, going to be covering that. Uh, we'll be letting you know if there you know, more match and talent announcements. And of course, we will be covering Verano de Escandalo, uh, in the weeks to come. We're going to be moving into AEW this week, Dusty. Uh, definitely a, a few points of discussion for this week in AEW.
2: Yeah, we got a lot of things going on. First up, we had Dark. And this week on Dark, well, First of all, we had a couple of matches, one involving Pack and one involving Thunder Rosa, that were filmed in other promotions. And that is so cool and so special, and it made it, made Dark feel special and unique, like, very cool. This match was Thunder Rosa versus Miyu Yamashita. It was filmed at Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. It had a stipulation that affects the future. If Miyu won the match, she gets a title shot on Dynamite. So it made Dark feel not only unique in location by having these matches from other promotions, but made it feel important that this had some implication for the future and pretty much felt important for the first time ever. It's still the show for purists. It has a lot of great wrestling, but this is the first time we've seen Dark exist outside of its little dark vacuum. And I'm really hopeful that now that the world is a little more open to travel, we're seeing more wrestling shows, that we'll see more of these matches from other promotions included on Dark. I love that idea of the indie promotions showing up there. This was a really unique opportunity for American fans to get to see Thunder Rosa in a Joshi promotion. And it definitely had that very big match feel – You know, that's kind of been lacking from Dark. We've never had a reason to care, and they made this match just in production and feel feel very big. Started a little slow, but it builds into a really fantastic match with Miyu winning via roll-up. I, You know, I mentioned it on the show, I hate the surprise roll-up, but the sequence they had, Rosa rolled up Miyu, and then they struggled. Miyu kind of rolled up Thunder Rosa, got the pin, and... But it was so visceral and so real, and the struggle between them was so authentic. I mean, it looked so just authentic. There was nothing where you had to, you know, suspend your disbelief. Like, this was all believable. I cannot say enough good things about this match. It was so real. It was emotional. They didn't have to get crazy. Like, you kind of expect a match in Thunder Rosa, like, especially Joshi Match, get kind of crazy, real tough. They didn't do that. They just really had great wrestling, told a story just fantastic. The production and video and presentation looked so good. That's exactly what AEW needs for Dark. And it made the women's division look and feel important on an international level. And that is something... They just haven't been able to do that yet. It's so important that they do it. And I'm glad that Thunder Rosa got that opportunity. She already had these connections in Tokyo. She's wrestled a lot of different places, Joshi style. And, you know, it looks like they're going to start to bring in some of the stardom wrestlers from the Joshi wrestlers from Japan. A lot of cool things going on there. Thunder Rosa is at the beginning of this kind of blending the international style, and not only that, but we got to see the Lucha versus the Joshi, just such a great matchup. I highly, highly recommend this match. It's it may not be the best match ever on Dark, but it's if it's not, it's the second best. Like it is so good. Well,
1: it's and, as you said, it's the most important match. So mm-hmm. yeah, the-
2: I mean, no match has ever felt this important on Dark. Yeah. And or had this much implication for the future of a you know, dynamite mm-hmm. or you know, even a rampage, but mm-hmm. very cool, very exciting, and we've talked about it before. It needs to exist outside of its little bubble. We need a reason to care about dark, and if they keep putting on matches like this, people will definitely start to care. It's so good. I, I highly recommend you check it out on YouTube. It's free. Just check it out. Very good stuff. But then we didn't have much Lucha News in, or on Dynamite this week, but we did kind of have some confirmation of some rumors. There had been kind of some discussions. Sean Ross Sapp had kind of mentioned or alluded to the fact that Proud and Powerful might not be getting along. And we had seen that Santana and Ortiz weren't really together, and... Now, I mean, they would appear sometimes in multi-man matches, five-man matches, but they not tag matches. We hadn't seen them together as a tag team some time. Conan says that they—he didn't really elaborate, but he no. said that they have heat between them. That's and,
1: exact. Yeah, per, almost. That's almost the exact quote. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's some heat there. Like that's yeah. pretty much all he gave us because it was a direct question, so he—he's not gonna not answer it. But
2: yeah. We've seen Santana <laughs> counting down the days left on his AEW contract in Twitter. We've seen him winning the singles championship in Puerto Rico for the Latin American Wrestling Exchange. Um No interaction between the two. No tag matches. And something that I haven't seen mentioned, really, but Ortiz changed his look. You know, he had that a place this match, shaved his head. Yep. He may be going for a different presentation, a little different style now outside of the tag team. So it's, it's really interesting, really telling. And I, I mean, I feel bad that Proud and Powerful never got the chance to have their moment. There were so many times in AEW, especially, especially after that street fight match, mm-hmm. when they could have just pulled the trigger on them, when they should have pulled the trigger on Proud right. and Powerful. And we see it with. Right now with Keith Lee and Swerve Scott, you know, they, they won the tag titles this week on Dynamite, but it feels like too little too late, like their momentum's kind of yep. deflated a little from where it was. They did yeah. that with Thunder Rosa when they held off on her winning the title until the Dynamite in San Antonio. And they just don't have the ability to deliver on the moment the way that they need to in AEW.
1: Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the hard question here. This is the one the whole internet likes to put forth, and everybody has an opinion on it. Do you think it's because the Young Bucks are EVPS and they are all about tag team wrestling?
2: Either of <sighs> you? I I think it plays into it yeah. because I I mean I love Keith Lee and I really love Swerve Scott. Like he is the guy. He should be a top single star. Uh,
1: He should be top whatever. If this is a tag team, they should be, they should be a heavy push tag team because it swerves there. Yeah.
2: But at the same time, it feels a lack of importance within AEW. Like it didn't feel I I don't I deflated. Well, it feels yeah, deflated. I
3: feel I feel like there was really the peak when the Lucha Bros won the tag titles, mm-hmm. and then when I think what did they lose it to Jurassic Express? Yeah, I don't yeah. remember the sequence, yeah, but I feel it, yeah. like that that has kind of been it's a kind of little bit of a slump right now, um, and and I don't know if it's necessarily. Uh, the, the booking aspect of it, or just maybe.
2: Right. Well, the plan was for the Hardys to be champions. Yes. So yes. when Jeff had got his DUI, it threw everything up in the air. But they should have put Keith Lee and Swerve into that ladder match with the Bucks right. and right. Jurassic Express and had them win. And or the, the, or the Proud and Powerful faced... to the point. Yes. Yeah,
3: right. but I, I yeah. also agree too. Like Proud and Powerful at one point really had, you know, more when they were. I think even some of the feud between, um, you know, them and um, what was the other faction? Was it the Pinnacle?
1: So they were, uh, yeah. The the two big ones they've had have been the Best Friends and and the Pinnacle.
3: Yeah. So I feel like at the Pinnacle, like that was really a peak of their like you know hotness as as a team. Um, and and I think still too with Best Friends, but I even then like I think maybe after the move with the Best Friends should have really then moved into, you know, the mm-hmm. tag team titles scene and well, that's, and that's
1: what we were yeah, saying at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that they had that in, they had that best friends street fight. That's the weirdness about these this book ending with these fuses. Both times they got super hot with these amazing street fights both of which had crappy endings, but uh, <laughs> they had the ever The fans were into it and we yeah. were, we would always come back on each episode and go, this is the time. This is the moment that they should strike. while these guys are hot. They should put them in the hot seat, give them the belts and, and mix it up a little, make the tag yeah. team belts feel important and not just as accessories for the young bucks to say they're cool.
2: Yeah.
3: And again, do I said it last week. Um, you know, even if we would have had re- revisited a Lucha Bros, you know, yeah. Santana on our feud or, you know, Lucha Bros yeah. versus LAX again, that story was done years ago in a format in which not very many people saw. So Mm -hmm. to bring that back in another iteration could have been a very cool thing. And also to, you know, the point AEW has acknowledged times when they go back to feuds that existed before the promotion even began. So I I, I absolutely agree that there was, there was timing that was hot that they could have done it that they didn't. And now it's, it's seemingly it's, it's too late.
1: Yeah. And I, I just I mean to the to the point that you're talking about uh, Lucha Bros Proud and Powerful or LAX, however you want to refer to them, uh redone feud and AEW is so big right now, even with the the dilution that they they have had due to not being used well, either of those teams, you it's still big enough you don't need the belt. Mm-hmm. Like you can, yeah. you you can just make that a first hour feud yeah. and, and do it for six months and the fans will not tune out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's,
3: it's interesting and it's always something too. I mean, we've known Santana and Ortiz has this tag team for years. Mm-hmm. So just the notion that they are going to break up um, and possibly one of them leave the company, you know, um, it's big, it's big, because they were really part of AEW from the very beginning, so for I, them to, you know, to to split up, like,
1: that's... I'm going to be brutally honest, I, I think they're both going to leave. I think one yeah. of them wants to leave, I don't think that is going to have a role for the other one, if he's not in, a tag, in that tag team.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that's unfortunate, because... Uh they're both good. They both could probably easily do a singles run, but they've got too many singles toys yep. right now. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, contracts we've got, contracts, we've got contracts got a are coming. Trios up.
2: championship yeah. coming up too, and you know, I mean, he's a great tag team player. They might be able to find a place for him in a yep. trios match. Yeah. That yeah.
1: that is that is an angle that they could that that could be done to keep him. For I I I'm not saying this is 100%, but as I'm seeing Things play out right now. I don't I don't see AEW putting a lot of effort into keeping him when the contracts expire.
2: Yeah, and it's disappointing, too, because even right? Jericho picked them as one of the yeah. – as the tag team, you know, like mm-hmm. the but, tag team.
1: But at the same time, then, then uh, Jericho won the tag team championships instead of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, so, Jericho's going to Jericho. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just – <laughs> That is, that is, but that is the story of Proud and Powerful throughout AEW is somebody else steps in line ahead of them. And I mean, I, maybe that's the source of the heat. Maybe one of them's like, no, we need to stand up for ourselves. Right? I don't.
3: I, well, I, I think that there's also somewhat of a theme. Some of it has been very, noted some has it about you know aew um seemingly feeling like a land of opportunity and not being it for some people you know that the promotion has been something that was maybe um
1: a lot of those first year contracts were sold on the concept that this was (laughs) a wrestler's promotion which means that you can if you are a wrestler's wrestler you can you can rise to the top and then yeah, to your point, that just that didn't produce. I, I have feelings, y'all.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I It will. It will. It will be tough to see. What both of them leave?
1: I want. I want to just again go on on because you know the internet's gonna hear this kind of thing. I am not anti-AW. They are, they're, I love tuning in. I don't, I don't have to watch the Dusty's got that job, but I still love to tune in and see what they're doing. I may sound critical, but it's because I want, I want something that's not the WWE to succeed right now. That's really what, where I'm coming at from this. I don't know about, I can't speak for my podcasting mates here, but, uh, I really want AEW to, to be just to just round that corner and be like a really amazing promotion instead of just a very good one.
2: Me too, yeah. I mean, there's just just a couple of details that they're lacking <laughs> on, and I don't know what they need to do. They just can't seem to find the keys to those locks. But this week, especially with the Thunder Rosa thing, I mean, that finally <laughs> felt important. So maybe that's one small step. I
1: did have a fantasy booking thing when you mentioned this. Imagine if uh, they they took the took eight camera or maybe two down to Mexico and you just had some LFI film some squash matches down there. Yeah, it'd imagine be incredible,
2: how, right? Just
1: imagine and how so much,
2: good for those kids yeah. to be in the ring with LFI and yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that would be. I mean, everybody would benefit from it, and even right? us as the fans, the company would benefit, the wrestlers would benefit, like.
1: It would, it would make dark, so I, I talked about this on the, off the air, uh, dark has a very dedicated fan base of, of regulars that show up, but it would make more people curious about maybe I should tune in this week to dark if they mixed it up a little more. They kept doing these matches from other places or they had, um indie wrestlers that aren't signed just re- wrestling matches on dark unannounced. Right? I mean, just even that would help. Can you just imagine? If the, yeah. instead of revealing, uh, in, instead of, you know, doing a big TV reveal, they just had, uh, had the, the new LFI member come out for a match. They didn't even announce him as LFI. And then later when he's announced as LFI, they're like, well, we should have seen how it was coming. It was on dark. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. There's just lots of little things they could be doing like that to make it feel important. Mm-hmm. And they've never pulled the trigger on making dark feel important. And then, I, I had high expectations for at least dark elevation when they announced that there was gonna be dark elevation, but that's mm-hmm. just like their kind of lower mid card talent and then they're Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. But like <laughs> I say, hopefully this is the beginning of making dark feel important and it also makes the women's division feel important. Um, you know, it's the first AEW title to be defended internationally, I believe. And so, you know, I mean, or to I guess it wasn't defended, but it opens up for a title defense. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, also,
3: yeah. I guess um, I guess also first televised champion or first champion in AW in a televised match overseas.
1: There. Yes. There's what we're there. We go. For. Yeah, that,
3: that's that's the, you know, roundabout because it is it's a very big deal Um that we have a AEW champion wrestling overseas in a televised match.
2: And in such a great match, too. They really picked a great match up and had a fantastic match. And, and like I say, you'd expect it to be crazy. It's not. It's more reserved and tells a story and it's more emotional. Like, it's an incredible match. I highly recommend everybody check out Dark this week.
3: Right. Well up next we're gonna be moving into MLW Major League Wrestling. And this week we had Kings of Coliseum, which is serving, I believe, as MLW's kind of season finale. Um, they didn't necessarily coin it as that, but in announcements during the show they mentioned that a new season of MLW will be kicking off and it's going to launch with the um event happening in El Paso. Um in I believe in August. So, I am not sure if we're going to have a little bit of a break um in MLW content, um if we're going to jump more back into underground uh, stuff. We'll kind of see in the the few weeks ahead. Um but it does kind of seem like we're kind of turning over uh, a chapter in MLW. Uh as far as matches this week, really one main lucha Adjacent match. Uh, and that was Matt Cross versus ACH. Um, this is self I ammunition mean, of both wrestlers was very high. Um, so it's exactly what you imagined as far as a very well wrestled match. Um, you know, both of them really was able to respond to each other's moveset very quickly and smoothly um and Ken, you kind of got a lot of, of Matt Cross's big things he got the back cartwheel back elbow um the springboard cross body and of course he used the shooting star press to win um which again for him is uh important in really kind of establishing his um his status in MLW as kind of you know, possibly a higher mid-card guy. MLW is something that's really interesting too, where, you know, you have, of course, your, your main feuds. In this case, this week's episode, uh, you know, Hammerstone, uh, versus, um, Richard Holiday. Um, uh, but also setting up, you know, competitors for some of the middle titles. Of course, now, um, this, Seemingly was somewhat of a blow-off match uh, between Hammerstone and Richard Holiday. So now they're in this, you know, phase of or state of where they need to really build up the next, you know, uh, challenger for Hammerstone. Um, but you have, uh, the, the middleweight championship, uh, there, uh, in MLW, um, the weight championship, which are your two main mid card, um, titles. And so Matt Cross seems really well positioned, I think, for either one of those, uh, lining up, but also, you know, uh, possibly, you know, someone too, that could have a great match with Hammerstone. And, um, even if it is kind of a match that's just featured on Fusion, um, as a one off it still could be a really great uh match um, in general but um you know not so much lucha content this week uh we really didn't even get a whole lot of uh Azteca underground storyline um I don't know if we'll kind of get that back into the flow, uh, with the, you know, new season, obviously because of, of the El Paso tie-in and that being a very Lucha Libre centric show, um, or taping that they're going to do. But, um, in general, again, as we talked about too, MLW having a very, consistent strong lucha libre presence on a weekly basis um with you know highlighting luchadors um from really all over and and having like matches on a weekly basis which is very rare um for a promotion seemingly what are your guys' thoughts on that at least you know now with with MLW possibly doing this uh season finale um and that that utilization of, of luchadors within this, you know, quote-unquote season of MLW.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Dusty. <laughs>
2: um I I think the MLW, I mean, we've I, I don't know if you guys follow Boss Fight Studios on yes. mm-hmm. on social media, but they they're getting toys now and apparently the luchadors are really figuring into that. The Eric, the guy that owns Boss Fight, was talking about designing the the boots and drawing the laces and everything. You know how much he enjoyed that, and so I think we're going to see luchadors continue to be a big, big part of MLW. I think they're going to be extremely important to MLW. The lucha thing, especially the kind of Azteca Underground thing, like that's so unique and so special to MLW, and gives them such a unique and special feel. We've seen some King Muertus merchandise lately. I think that Lucha is going to be big. I think we're going to see a lot more of it soon.
1: I mean, so yeah, they definitely positioned themselves to want to do Lucha Libre before COVID happened. So I Mm -hmm. think they haven't. They haven't backed off on that yet, in my opinion. And I
2: think, well, even way back in the day, Vampiro was a big guy for MLW.
1: Well, yeah, so there's always, they've always had a spot there. I mean, some of that was because Vampiro was a big ECW presence and they were kind of channeling their inner ECW for a while. But, um, of recent history, they've very much positioned themselves where they want luchadors to be in a prominent position so like to miranda's point they they seem to be on every episode they had mlw underground or azteca underground um and and they so they seem to be ready to move in on that again i hope we see some more matches from mexico like we did before the lockdown i hope we see uh more random luchadors pop in for maybe one-off appearances and um. I. But I. I can tell that, that they're gonna continue to make a big deal out of it. And as I've I've gone on record on the show and saying, as well as other people I've talked to, I think Lucha Libre is on its way up again. I think. uh Absolutely. It's going to be. It's going to be the. Is going to rival New Japan for popularity uh, uh, as a alternative to American independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well. Dusty, you talked about it a little bit earlier uh but the big news that also broke out with m l w earlier today is that m l w and hot topic are in a merchandise partnership, so now m l w uh licensed uh apparel and accessories will be available at hot topics um it's going to feature over 80 different t-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops. Um, it's going to feature wrestlers like your world heavyweight champion Alex Handers- Hammerstone, uh, Davey Richards, Jacob Batu, Taya Valkyrie, and Microman. Um and the collections already available on Hot Topics website. So you can check out now um all of the major league wrestling merch that's available. Um that does include some pretty fun microman merch that's already up and going, uh several different designs there, um general MLW merch as well. Uh and it's it's a pretty, pretty, pretty big deal. Because, um, I mean, we saw how much the uh, Hot Topic partnership has helped with promotions like AEW, WWE, even Master Public. I was going to say,
2: a, we can't leave the
1: Boston.
3: Well, out. of course, I got to yeah. do the best for last. <laughs>
2: yeah. You want to talk about a cool tie shirt? Master Public has a really cool tie shirt at Hot Topic. Yes.
3: yes.
1: So now we've like doubled the amount of tie that's available at Hot Topic, which is.
3: That is the hope. I believe I'm checking right now that I don't see um any specific Taya merch out currently. Um, but I imagine hopefully soon they will have Taya merch um uh available uh at Hot Topic. My hope that is that is the hope. Um but um as I'm browsing the website right now as I'm going to figure it out i I don't see it yet. I could have just missed it um but I'm sure that's coming up um and yeah, just again the the national reach that uh hot topic has again is one of the reasons why mass Republic uh decided to partner with hot topic um was um the ability to have kind of a far spread ability um to you know, have merchandise more readily available for fans. Um, I do see a King Muertes t-shirt that looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah,
2: um, that's kind of what I was hinting to when I said yeah. that I'd seen some King Werthus merchandise. Like, it is amazing.
3: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So, um, make sure to check out your local Hot Topic, but also hottopic.com. dot com for Major League Wrestling merchandise. Um, and again, the reach of Microman is spreading. Micromania and, is running wild on all of us.
1: And while you're on the Hot com website, pick up a Master Public shirt, too. Pay our bills. Yeah,
2: and check out that <laughs> Taya shirt. The Taya shirt <laughs> Master Public has is really cool.
1: They have the old-school Sicosa shirt, too, which is one yes. of the first ones I got. So, I mean... We we are not officially shills for Mass Republic, but uh, we. Uh, if you talk to Kevin or Ruben for very long, they're going to whip out the phone and show you some pictures of stuff, and um, uh, it's always it always gets me excited to go to Hot Topic and buy a shirt. So
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, and I I joke now that you can uh, buy your My Chemical Romance t shirt and. Uh... <laughs> and MLW t-shirt now All in one place And yeah uh, All the Mass Republic gear Is still available At Hot Topic You can check it out At hottopic.com um, In the search engine You can type in Mass Republic And a lot of the merch Will just be popping it just up Just
1: pops right up
3: Yeah Yeah La uh, yeah. Facción Uh There's um, uh, uh, Toro Blanco merch uh, Dragon Lee uh, In particular Um yeah, there's, there's lots of, of just a really cool merch from Mass Republic, um, located at Hot Topic. Of course, Taya's sir, shirt, uh, there's a Selena De La Renta, uh, shirt, uh, still available. Ooh. Conan, Laredo Kid, Lady Maravilla, uh, you know, Christy Jane's, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Also, uh, Hot Topic, still a pretty good source for wrestling merch. Who knew? so that is this week in major league wrestling and we talk so much about just going on hot topics website right now uh so while you're on i knew i knew it yeah (laughs) i mean look we all can 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 multitask we all can do more than one thing so while you're at hot topics website browsing for your major league wrestling or mass republic t-shirts and gear why don't you check out luchacentral.com? Brendan, please tell us more about luchacentral.com.
1: Alright, let's do this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited luchacentral.com, it's really time to do it. luchacentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the top, yeah, find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. Place to have your voices heard from all, from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of this, it's still free. LuchaCentral.com is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
3: Wonderful. We are going to be moving on next into this week in WWE. Dusty, tell us what happened.
2: Yeah, well, we we had a little bit of development with some, you know, more of the Mysterio story. We had Ray Mysterio facing Finn Balor. Finn Balor defeated Ray Mysterio, but it was the first clean finish Finn Balor had. And, a long time in a singles win. It feels like since his U.S. championship title match that he won. And, yeah, very interesting there. But the story of the match was Ray Mysterio's back. They worked it over pretty heavily in the match. Finn wore his tights for the first time in a long time, brought his A-game, landing two separate Pendulum backbreakers, and worked race back over from there. All in all, Finn just had great offense, looked very strong, Ray did a great job selling. He had a especially nice-looking top-rope Rana spot, as well as a powerbomb spot to the outside. But it wasn't enough. Finn was able to pick up the win after hitting a super-strong-looking Coupe de Gras. Great match. Just disappointing that Ray Mysterio didn't win. But as we had seen on social media last week, kind of after the match, Judgment Day have been making overtures towards Dominic. But There's always the intangible there with Ray and Dominic being aligned. Could it be that we see them both join Judgment Day, give them an air of legitimacy? But we've also seen some vignettes for Edge coming back, and you know if they aligned with Edge to take on Judgment Day, that like a hyper babyface trio of Edge, Ray, and Dominic. There's so many exciting things there that they could do and that finally make the Mysterios feel important and, you know, for lack of a better word, mysterious again. What are they going to do? What's going to happen? It's the first time I felt that way about the Mysterios in a long time in WWE, and that alone is just so important, that, you know, sense of interest that they've created with them. A lot of good stuff here. What do you guys think? Do you guys guys have an opinion on what they may do or what they should do? Well,
3: I think what Judgment Day right now is somewhat floundering, too, because there doesn't feel like a definitive leader. Um, Since Edge was ousted, it was kind of the assumption that, you know, possibly Finn Balor was going to be the leader, um, and maybe that was somewhat of the plan, but now with Rhea out, you just have more of a tag team and, um, it just doesn't quite feel like Finn is the leader or is he supposed to be the leader? It's still very vague. And so I feel like establishing somewhat of a hierarchy within the judgment day is really going to give it a better identity, whether that is adding Dominic and then establishing Finn as a, you know, the actual leader, um, or, or what, you know, something just has to happen where it's a little bit more clear about you know what who who is leading the the judgment day um you know i i i could see it both ways i do think it's interesting if there's you know there's been so much conversation around you know Dom turning on on his dad Ray has been very adamant about you know that not being part of a you know storyline that he wants to be a part of you know and so i don't know if that's if that means Ray would then somehow be part of Judgment Day, but I also don't think that that's a good fit for Ray either. So, I, you know, it's, I could see it going somewhere interesting, but I don't see it going in that direction. I do think that what they're trying to do is establish Judgment Day as a team, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, is it against somebody that truly matters? And I, and I hate saying that about Dom and Ray, but. You know, I think that the last big interesting thing was, you know, that that tag team match against, you know, Maze and um, uh, Logan.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Logan Logan Paul, Paul. you know, like that was a very fun, interesting feud um, because there was so much to tell. But also was a lot more kind of fun and and lighthearted where um, here, you know, because of Mysterio's losing so much and it's, you know, just this whole Ray and Dom dynamic that they never really tend to even tease around like to me it just doesn't seem like the even if the judgment day get over i don't think it's going to have the same um for impact that possibly they're hoping for uh
1: so i don't i mean i agree with miranda i don't think that uh initially i don't think that it's a good fit for ray to to be with uh, judgment day, uh, just, uh, it, it's, it, but it's also rudderless and, and kind of, uh, uh floundering on its own. Uh, and, and then I remembered la- my feelings back in the day. I didn't think that, uh, Ray was a good fit for the filthy animals either. So he's a big enough professional that if they do something like that and I don't trust them to do it because, uh, WWE Right now, the only thing I trust them to do is make the wrong choice. Um, But, you know, if they did it, if they pulled the trigger on it, I I have all the confidence that Ray could do something interesting with it if he was not handcuffed by creative. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out.
2: Yeah, and like you mentioned, he did a great job in the Filthy Animals, and like it's been a long time since we've seen Heel Ray Mysterio, and that could be really fun and interesting too. Yeah, there's a lot of unique stuff going on there, and we don't want to forget SmackDown. We did have something of interest on SmackDown this week. But it was the Usos defeating Los Lotharios. This was largely a filler match taking place in the background of the Usos versus Street Profits feud. You can always tell when WWE has little interest in a match or when it means nothing when it starts during the commercial, and that's exactly what this (laughs) match Mm -hmm. did, Start during the commercial. Mm -hmm. We got to see just under two minutes of this one before Alberto got shoved off the top rope, super kicked, and then the Usos hit the 1D for the obvious win, but at least we got to see Los Lotharios on TV for a couple of minutes. It had been a while since we'd seen them in-ring. They've had a couple of backstage segments, but... Mm -hmm. It just hurts. Yeah. Like, Can uh, you imagine somebody like Angel Garza, the looks, (sighs) the talent, the ability to talk, everything that he's got, and you don't use him?
1: Yeah, (sighs) they've got a legit once-in-a-lifetime talent in him, and they're just burying him uh, under commercial breaks and with bad feuds. Like, what the
2: hell? Well, and people say things like, oh, I don't know if he's the next Eddie. He doesn't have to be. Like, Eddie wished he was Angel Garza. Like, if Angel Garza was here now, and Eddie was here now and saw Angel Garza, he'd say, I wish I was more like that kid. Like, Angel just has it. Like, people are focusing too much on him being like other people and not on what he can do because he can do it all.
1: And not on what he is doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like
2: the total package. And, yeah. Yeah, if I had a promotion, Angel Garza would be my champion.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if I I were to do a fantasy draft right now, Angel Garza is my first rounder. Yeah, You know, just – he's so good.
2: So good. So So perfect. He makes it look – we talk about Phoenix. We talk about Johnny – John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call it, how effortless and how fluid they make it look. But we don't talk as often about Angel Garza and how fluid and effortless he makes everything look. He is so – just perfect in what he does like everything and and his attitude in the ring, his facial expressions. And right. If you haven't seen Angel Garza in a while, you need to check him out. Like, he is so good. And yeah. and they're using him in these two minute tag matches, feeding them to the Usos to yeah. make him look strong well, for the Street Profits match.
3: Cause they don't worry, he'll get a little bit of a push uh, as they head into October before they get to Mexico. And then they'll yeah.
1: just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then and, he'll and lose then, his and hometown. Then, exactly. So. Yeah.
3: Yeah, my words. Mark my words. We'll see a bit of a push yep. before they hit into Mexico, true. and then after that, they'll forget about him again. It's
1: true. Uh, well, and and yeah, because the WWE doesn't let you win in your hometown. His his downward spiral begins while he's in Mexico. So yeah. No, I just – it makes me so sad. Like, for those of you who don't know, who haven't – you know, to Dusty's point about we haven't seen him, it's because WWE hasn't given us anything on this. Like, I will happily, happily shoot you footage from his time in Chaos or AAA, uh, just like anything, you know, just – Anything where he is not in the WWE and, and you can see, now he's raw and unseasoned in a lot of that, especially like when he was up in, in Monterey, he was super, super green, but you could still see the potential. And, uh, it's, it's just there. He's the total, he would be a a top of the card star if he wasn't being buried. I guarantee it. Any, absolutely. Any promotion would be, would be using him to To the fullest of his his abilities, which are, are nearly limitless. Sorry, Keith Lee.
2: Yeah. Well, it also makes me wonder about Vince's kind of power backstage. Allegedly, things are still the same as they ever were. But also, allegedly, Vince was very high on Angel Garza, and that's why we saw so much of it. He thought it was hilarious when he tore off the pants and everything. It is. So either- yeah, it is. It's amazing. And, and so Vince even got it. You know, and we thought we were going to see more of that and then that kind of backed off as some of the scandals and news with Vince McMahon, but now we see Angel coming back in a two minute match. I, I don't know what to make of it, but I wish they'd make better use of them. Hopefully the, like, fan momentum can get behind them. We've seen where Fans, it doesn't happen as often In WWE, but you know It doesn't take much to have a star-making was, Moment like Becky Lynch I was Lynch there had. in the
1: room for one of them So yeah I was, I was part of Daniel Bryan's friends and family package Back in the day, so I've seen it Oh, I'm that's al-
2: so cool <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> I've also been there for the seven minutes of booing So like, yeah, yeah WWE fans can change the Change the course of somebody's career if they really get invested in it, but I they think they, they've they been but, so broken and so beaten at this point, which is not well,
2: they've got to give us more to get invested <laughs> in. Like if they would just give us more of Los Lotharios matches, I think the fans would get behind them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I mean, like we've been saying, we've gone on about this. It's probably going to become one of the things we hang our hat on for this week's show, but Angel Garza is Way beyond better than the position he's been given, he could be a top guy right now, and I'm just going to keep saying that because
2: he's one of the best in the world, and he never gets to show it. Yeah, yeah, it's just disappointing. Well, Angel, quit. (laughs)
1: There's, There's so many from you won't. You may not make WWE money, but you will get. A career that you can hang your hat on if you go anywhere else, literally anywhere else. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, folks, I don't think Angel Garza listens to our show.
2: Yeah. But he might. How hey, you might? There you go.
3: Well, if blink, you guys
1: blink twice into the camera, if you hear us, <laughs> Angel. Yes. <laughs>
3: Well, that is This Week in WWE. Don't forget that you can check out results uh, on LuchaCentral.com. We are going to be transitioning into our final news story of the week, and that is NXT. First, well, I want to revisit uh, a show that we don't talk a whole lot about, and that's NXT Level Up. Um, and that's just because I got things to do on Friday night, so I'm not usually watching <laughs> uh, Level Up. However, uh, something that I did... Uh, find note of uh on last week's level up show which was uh july eighth a very big win for Ulyssa Leone. Uh she defeated Ariana Grace and I believe this was her first singles win. Um so her and Valentina Barrows are still you know uh partners and Valentina came out with her um and this was noted uh as far as one of Leon's better matches. Um, so she uh won. Um, and I think, again, you know, with a level up somewhat being a little bit like a dark of sorts for NXT, I think it's a great opportunity for um, some of their newer talent to get that experience uh, on television. So usually people who have a little bit of a, a push or a win on a uh, level up is kind of a way to test the waters. And also sometimes that does translate into storylines that are, are happening um, on NXT 2.0. So uh just something of note for level up. Sometimes some, uh you know, things happen, some pretty big milestones, especially for some of the newer wrestlers on NXT. But this week on NXT, well, some things happened. And that's very vague. But that's also because uh there were some things that were very definitive and others, well, we're still kind of waiting to see. First off, uh prior to uh this week's show, it was announced that Roxanne Perez was going to be facing Mandy Rose one on one. However, uh I believe it was after the first match we found Roxanne Perez who was laid out in the parking lot. Um I think it was actually as the show started. I apologize. Um that she was laid out in the parking lot. So she was attacked and all throughout the night it was a who done it? Who attacked Roxanne Perez? Um and that was, you know, kind of trickled into backstage segments, um, through, throughout the show. Um, but for our legato sighting of the, uh, of the night, um, you know, last week, Tony D'Angelo told Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro that they needed to prove themselves in order to, you know, maintain and still be part of the family. Um, also as we saw last week, uh, Santos Escobar was out, uh, because Tony D'Angelo had, uh, you know, attacked him. Now that he said he didn't, but it was very much alluded to that. So this week on, um, on NXT, Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo faced the team of Malik Blade and Idris Enofi. um, after the match, uh, in which uh, Stax and Tony D'Angelo won. Uh, Joaquin, Wilde, and Cruz del Toro were pretty much forced to uh, beat on um, Malik and Idris to kind of show their loyalty uh, to, to the family. Um, so this was, you know, very reluctantly, um, seeming like, but it also is kind of the next step in this story about, you know, you know uh, Tony trying to truly incorporate Legato into the family. Um, so it does you know again we we talked about it last week about what this means for Santos, you know where we may see him. He did post a tweet, I believe earlier this week, um pretty much saying that he was he was going to return, that he was going to make his comebacks, so it does seem like we are going to get Santos Escobar coming back um and trying to win back the the family um and kind of get the, the second leg of this story. Was that your kind of impression as well as after seeing his post on social media?
1: I think he's going to beat the fools up. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I think he's going to load that mass with some legacy and heritage and headbutt them until they stop moving.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think he's going to show up and whoops some ass. Hopefully. It's Hopefully.
1: time. I'm it's ready. Time. Yes. Yeah. The tone very much was not uh, you know, I'm gonna play politics. It, he he wants to kill somebody. So yes.
3: Venganza. <laughs> Vengeance will be his. Uh, for the main event uh of the show, we did uh get uh the women's championship match. Uh to begin with though, Cora Jade came out, Toxic Attraction, uh, you know, came out kind of gloating and Cora Jade came out to interrupt them. Cora Jade being the uh, tag team partner of Ro- Roxanne Perez and they won the NXT women's tag team titles last week. Um, but then we did see Roxanne come out. Um, she, she had the taped ribs. So, you know, that's always a good old sign that, you know, she's, she was beat down. Um, but the the match did go on um, with uh, Roxanne Perez. However, we did get the moment, the shot heard around the world. And that is when Cora J turned on her tag team partner. And we found out who really did lay out Roxanne Perez, even though, you know, it's pretty much alluded to. And it was her tag team partner. Jade so um Mandy Rose of course uh retained her title um but you know it, it was a uh, yeah some it was something else so uh this leaves the NXT women's tag team titles in an interesting predicament. There's lots of people who are saying this is their way of killing those titles, um, especially since uh, the main roster does not have NXT or does not have women's tag holders right now. That you know NXT or NXT is probably just kind of pulling the cord on that as well. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Is that do you think that's what's happening here? Is that this is NXT's way of getting rid of the women's tag titles?
2: I hadn't even considered that, to be honest with you, but it sounds very WWE.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I feel like it's probably a mandate that came from the top. So, uh yeah, no, no women's championships and tag team championships anymore. And that's such a – I mean, it, it's more than just a weird little shame. Like, there was – it wasn't that long ago we were praising – NXT for having one of the best women's divisions mm-hmm. in all of wrestling and, yeah. and we were saying it was, it was actually one of the best divisions period. And now it's, it's super weak top to bottom, like NXT, SmackDown, Raw are all like super weak divisions and that's nothing against the individual athletes in there, but there's just, there's either the wrong combination of talent and story or there's, you know, uh, yeah.
2: Well, with all the releases right now, there's really yeah. not enough women to put together a tag team division for there, the women. There is no across actual, all brands.
1: There's no actual tag team anywhere on Raw or SmackDown, near as right. I can tell. I can't, I cannot, to, for the life of me, think of a team that's not just two random competitors that that decided they wanted to tag together that night. yeah I'm sure someone out there on the internet will correct me, but the, my point is still there. That I mean, if you can't think of it, if you can't think, you know, like even in the men's division, you have you have the street profits. I can immediately name a tag team that is a tag team, even though they've been teasing their breakup for weeks. Yeah, right. Like I mean, that that's the difference. I can't name a tag team right now in in anywhere in the WWE. So I mean. To, for a certain degree, I think it's probably a wise choice to not have women's tag team champions right now because it it just further exposes their weaknesses.
2: That's yeah, true. Yeah,
3: that's true. So we will see. Now we we apparently going to be having more of a one on one feud between Cora Jade uh, and Roxanne Perez.
1: Oh, I'm um, looking forward to that.
3: That I think will be good. <laughs> you know, like
1: I do too. That's,
3: that I think is going to be very interesting. Um, and that does also then leave the door open for a new challenger uh, for Mandy Rose's NXT Women's Championship. So there's more to see on NXT. Don't forget to check it out. And, of course, our podcast, which will cover what we see in NXT, WWE, and more each and every week. And with that... We're done. We made it to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us along the ride. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at com on Twitter. You can also visit Lucha Central's YouTube page that has the archives of all of our episodes of the lucha central weekly podcast as well as our sister show the lucha central weekly podcast in espanol with Pep carrera Uh, of course as well as interviews matches and content that you're not going to find anywhere else on lucha central's youtube page while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media dusty can you let our listeners know where they can find you
2: yeah, I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy and I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy.
3: And Brendan, can you let us know where our listeners can find you?
1: I am 321T-shirt guy. That is the number 321T-shirt guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I'm all over the Twitters. And after tonight, I might be adding a new handle, which is Angel Garza, Mark. But, you know. (laughs) Good one. Good one.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. But also, please feel free to reach out to us as Brendan had uh, made the uh, announcement earlier about if you are an independent wrestler, promotion, Fan and you would like to be highlighted on a future edition of the Indie Roundup, please reach out to us. We'd love to get a video or a match uh, announcements or um, you know match results uh, that we would love to highlight on the show. We are all fans of independent wrestling and support independent wrestling, and we always want to have a place for it on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. So, reach out to us on social media with your independent wrestling uh matches and results brendan i know this is your segment so feel free to chime in with anything else you'd like to share um and uh, let our listeners know about the indie roundup
1: oh no you got it covered Uh, we 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 support the indies in all all shapes and sizes uh this is a lucha centric show but uh, again all it takes is having one luchador on the show I might wind up covering the whole card if I like with the, the cut of your jib. So, you know, send us whatever you got. I don't care if you're a, uh, I've used this joke before, but I don't care if you're a wrestling watching dog, right? Just send me the stuff. I'm <laughs> just give me the hookup with those indie results, man. Uh, we covered, uh, we covered, uh, WrestleRack from Pennsylvania last week. I've covered, uh, lucha libre a single lucha libre match from idaho Uh, i was joking about alaska but i know wrestlers in the federation up there they just got to bring sonico or somebody else up there and i'll give you results from there and you know the japanese indies the mexican indies wherever you wherever you're coming from and if you are
3: listening to our show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a notification each and every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show, topics you think we should cover, topics we shouldn't cover, your thoughts and opinions about what we talk about on the show. And once again, a shout out to our streaming partners at thechairshot.com. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is the official Lucha Libre podcast of thechairshot.com. New episodes drop there on Monday. So you get the uh, advantage by listening to it uh, on luchacentral.com and of course, uh, on your podcast streaming platforms. But know that there is another way that you can listen to us Through our partners at thechairshot.com Well, and that's it So, for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr I'm Miranda Morales Thank you all so much And we'll be with you, you guessed it Next week